Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear-Shaped on AudioEntropy.com, a podcast where we talk about just kind of whatever we feel like. And Matt, you had something you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, so I was watching a Rainbow Six Seed stream, and a whole bunch of people in there, myself included, were discussing how we moved from Counter-Strike Go to Rainbow Six Siege. And one of the stated reasons for that, and this was me talking, was that um, Counter-Strike Go is a game that's now overrun with child gamblers and really sketchy crack addicts running said child gambling rings. And I'm only exaggerating slightly because the, they weren't crack addicts. They were addicted to Oxycontin, in my experience. Why, why don't you elaborate on that? Because I feel like that's the kind of thing you need to elaborate on. <laughs> yeah, so that demands an explanation. So Counter-Strike Go's economy um, has become notorious for child gambling. And a lot of this has to do with the propagation and startup of third-party gambling sites that are based around the cosmetic skins you get from loot boxes in Counter-Strike Go, some of which are incredibly rare. Now, normal communities that moderate themselves would probably crack down on this with, like, extreme prejudice, but, um, Valve doesn't give a fuck anymore, so this is a thing that exists now. And actually, um, very, very recently, the T. Martin Global Syndicate controversy thing just wrapped up. That was an entire debacle where one of these third-party sites failed to disclose the fact that it was advertising for its own service that they owned. You can look. Yeah, at these YouTubers were like, "I'm going to make these um, these videos of me winning big on this." this oh, the site I just found. It's crazy. I totally am not like a fifty percent stakeholder in this. Wow, look at me yeah. in these skins. Get your fucking credit cards out. Your parents' credit cards, kids. It's not. Yep, so cheap. and they and yeah, and then it went it went to court because like it turned out they were they actually owned. The fucking, uh, you know, the website, but then, like, the F the FCC, I think it is? Yeah, the FCC got yeah. involved, and then they said, we're not going to We're just going to let that go, because we're Republicans gonna, are in charge, a- so people can do whatever, because capitalism? Yeah, because uh, we're going to give them a very, very, ang- they literally wrote them a very angry letter. It's literally like that scene from Team America. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, slap on the wrist feels like that's not nearly... It- that, that that feels, like, a lot harsher than what they actually got. Yeah. Their wrists are pristine. <laughs> they may be... They may be, like, very slowly and sensually, like, dragged their hands across their wrists, and it was really creepy, and that's the punishment they received. Oh, my God. What the fuck happened? Ah, like, God. Because if you'd have asked... If you'd have asked this almost ten years ago to the day, probably closer to, like... Nine nine years, ten months. If you'd have asked, is Valve a good company? Like, literally everybody on the fucking planet would have said yes. Like, the orange box had come out, like, a month ago at that point. They just released Portal. They just released TF2 at the same time. I can't remember if episode that was the release for Episode 2, or if Episode 2 had come out briefly before that, and it was a fact. I, I believe Episode one. 2, uh, TF2, and, and and Portal were all one big thing. Although, as I recall, if you bought the orange box and you didn't already own Half-Life 2 or Half-Life 2 Episode 1, you also got those. Oh, yeah, you did. Like, the orange box was un... Like, I remember the orange box coming out, and that thing was unbeatable. Like, just the fucking value... The value prospect alone, not even the fact that... Like, the games themselves were fucking incredible, but, like, the value prospect of the orange box alone 
was unreal. I don't think there's been like a compilation new release type thing like that yet. That's even come close to being anywhere near that good. It was absurd. And like yeah, back usually then, to see that kind of stuff, you got to wait a while and and see like like humble bundle shit. Yeah, exactly. but like that that's rarely like new releases. And yeah, it was a full sixty dollar retail game, but like holy shit, you were you were absolutely getting your money's worth out of that sixty dollars. That thing made it work, and like it worked too. Like literally everybody I knew owned a copy of that thing because why wouldn't you own a copy of the Orange Box? There had to be something in there you liked. If you liked multiplayer stuff, there was TF two. If you liked, like, single-player-oriented stuff, there was Portal and there was Half-Life. Half-Life is more narrative-focused. Portal was a puzzle game. Half-Life was, like, it it was, I don't want to say it was a perfect product, but it was almost a perfect product. It was about the closest thing I think you've ever got, we've ever gotten to, like, a proper, like, perfect video game release. Um, and then it wasn't quite downhill from there. I... I'm trying to think of, like, when Valve started to become kind of, started to go from, like, the company everyone loved to, like, oh, maybe these guys are actually kind of sketchy. And I feel like it was probably around the launch of Portal 2 with, like, the really weird potato promo they did for Portal 2 and the fact that it got leaked that that I think it I think it was probably around the time of the mishandling of Steam Greenlight. Yeah. I think, I think that's when, I think that's when the wall started to crack. Yeah, and I remember that too, because it became immediately and imminently apparent. Weirdly enough, um, a lot of people I know from like the Xbox Live Arcade indie scene were the first ones to spot this, because they were immediately tuned into the fact that Greenlight was making all this... A lot of people forget that that was even a thing, but a lot of the people who worked in that, or who got their start there, immediately noticed that Greenlight was falling into the exact same problems... Valve had one meeting to discuss, like, the fear, to try and allay fears and, like, listen and gain feedback. They proceeded to take absolutely none of that feedback into account and just let that fucking service rot. And I remember that vividly because I remember thinking, I hope Valve actually does listen to these people who've had a lot of experience dealing with this. And then they just never did. It's like stopped giving a shit. Yeah, there's a there's been a problem. I mean, one of many, many, many problems mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley of just kind of setting up some algorithms and then just letting the community moderate itself, which is bad and doesn't work. And I feel like I feel like Valve was like sort of the first company in the gaming space to really embrace that philosophy of just not doing fucking anything. anything. Yeah, I'm now I'm trying and to remember. And we'll get to it, but up to including the point where they just don't make games anymore. They don't make ga- Fuck, you want to know how people are like, Valve doesn't give a shit anymore. And I'm like, yeah. It's not like the recent announcement of like their fucking Me Too Hearthstone clone Dota 2 card game that gave that away. You want to know what gave the fact that Valve doesn't give a fuck about making games anymore away? They let third-party devs charge for what is effectively effectively half-life one like the half-life one reboot which is supposedly quite good they let them charge for that on their own service for money and their only requirement was yeah give us a 30 percent cut from every steam sale we don't give a fuck <laughs> they don't care like yeah they don't give a shit they don't fucking care and i'm trying to remember oh my god what was the last official game they- it was dota 2 wasn't it yeah it was dota 2 God. And if and if you want to if you want to talk like a properly like released finished game and not like you know a, a free to play microtransaction engine, uh, that would have been Portal Two. 
Jesus Christ. Wow. That was what, six years ago? I'll need to look that up, but I think, yeah, I think it might have been six years ago. I think it's 2011 was Portal 2. And I remember that because Portal 2 was a very good game that I was still weirdly kind of disappointed with because of the direction of its narrative. And I was wondering how they were going to reconcile that. April 11, uh, sorry, April 18th, 2011. Yep. And I was wondering how they were going to reconcile that with Half-Life 2 Episode 3. (laughs) 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 Do you you want to just get into that now? Yeah, sure. So Half-Life 2 Episode 3, um, another kind of big point. And this is relatively recent. I think this happened like what? Probably a month ago? It feels um, like it happened yeah, like a month yeah. ago. I mean, it'll probably um, be two months by the time uh, by the time this, this episode goes live, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so Half-Life 2 Episode 3's script, it was called a leak, but it wasn't a leak. Um, because leak actually, I think, legally implies wrongdoing, which this this wasn't. The NDA lapsed, and Valve, not giving a shit because they don't make games anymore, um, just let it lapse. They don't, they, they just let the script of Half-Life 2 Episode 3 out into the wild, and, uh... Yeah, I mean, like, the dude who, who wrote it, who had been the writer on that series, was just like, well, I don't work for the company anymore, and I know for a fact this game's never happening, so just here's the script. Yeah, Just it's fucking like, go at it, guys. And what a fucking bizarre, because that is effectively the end of the series, they're never going to make that game anymore. And they're never going to make a Half-Life game again. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, what a bizarre fucking anti-climax. Like, all this hype, all these fucking memes, all this shit that's been building up over, at this point, almost the past ten years. Not quite. Like, again, like, nine years, eleven months. Um, All of that shit for just, like, a script dump. A fucking word file. That's the culmination of all of that. So what is what is what is the worst culmination of a like decades lo- decade plus long like this game's never coming out mean Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem forever. forever or this I feel like it's Duke Nukem Forever because at least we got good games out of this deal um and at least since it's Did just, we? Uh, I mean we got Half-Life 2 episode 2. Yeah, but I mean like the the meme started after after episode 2. Yeah, so that's I, I think that's when still, it starts. I still think like, we got because like if we're gonna be generous, like the Duke Nukem meme starts with with the release of Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah, huh? I, I feel because Duke Nukem Forever was just so fucking bad. Like, here's the deal, right? So Duke Nukem Forever was the game comes out and it's terrible. Half Life Two Episode Three was the game just never fucking comes out and everybody officially knows in an official capacity like Valve has no fucking interest in ever doing this game ever. They probably could have renewed that NDA for whatever the legal equivalent or the Valve equivalent of fucking peanuts were was were whatever. I'm tired. Fuck you. Um, and they didn't. They don't give a shit. So here's your fucking script dump. Make of it what you will. This isn't really a very satisfactory ending, but you at least get some closure on your own terms by. As opposed to Duke Nukem Forever, where they bring this thing back, and it's like, this is just fucking wretched. It, and it should have stayed dead. I don't know. I feel like Duke Nukem Forever was the worst of the I mean, two. My, only, my only argument in, in Forever's favor is it's actually a game. It is it's actually a game. It's a bad game, game, but like, it exists. It happened. Yeah, 
I, I, I think forever. so. It's, I, I guess, I guess, it's a value judgment. Is a bad thing that exists better than a good thing that doesn't exist? That no, that will never be exactly. There you fucking go. Um, I come. I'm ruling in favor of a good thing that will never be. Even though I think Half Life Two is actually really. Right. Now, here's the thing: I've never actually cared about Half Life or Duke Nukem, so I don't have a horse in this race. This is this is just That's me good. arguing for argument's sake because I'm a white man on the internet. Okay. So. Good job. Living Anywho, up to, so up to uh, expectations. Where were we? Uh, we were talking about Half Life Two, Episode Three, and the way the script just kind of just dropped. And the writer guy was like, "I don't work for them, and they had no interest in renewing the non-disclosure agreement." So, um, here's the entire script. Bye. And just sort of walked off. The entire thing was like hilariously anticlimactic. It came out of fucking nowhere, and it just sort of resolved in like a day. <laughs> so fucking stupid. God. Uh, okay. I will say there is one interesting facet of Valve basically no longer giving a shit about any of their intellectual properties, and that's the fact that Valve has accidentally created a gigantic multiverse. Okay, go for so, it. So, prior to this recording, I was explaining how Bill, after he dies, he canonically goes to either Limbo or Hell. Now, you need, t- need to be clear, this is Bill from the first Left 4 Dead game. Yes, this is Bill from the first Left 4 Dead game who is and he's, killed. There's a, I guess just to be clear, in case anyone has not actually played any of these games, because we should always bear that in mind. Uh, oh, in- one second. Uh, go ahead and give that explanation. I'll be right back. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, in Left 4 Dead, uh, it's, it's a game where it's a zombie apocalypse, and you are a team of four survivors... And you just try and make it from the beginning of a given campaign to the end of the campaign alive. Uh, initially, the campaigns weren't linked narratively, like they were self-contained, but eventually there became a narrative through line. It was a retcon. It's this whole fucking to-do. In any case, uh, the last DLC campaign that got released for that game involved one of the characters having to sacrifice themselves to get the rest of the group out alive. And in the narrative, canonically... The one who sacrifices himself and dies is uh, is Bill, the Vietnam veteran, and effectively that means that like in this game where characters are just constantly dying left and right, there's really only one character that has actually officially died in the official timeline of that game. Like they released a whole they released a fucking comic about it and everything, and like it and it's actually kind of weird because Left 4 Dead didn't. The original didn't have much of a narrative. I mean, the second one doesn't have much of one either, but it certainly has a lot more of one than the first one did. And then they sort of went back and, like, bolted this overarching narrative back onto the first game, mostly to justify the, like, crossover campaign that they added to the second game at one point, where the the three survivors from the first game that aren't Bill show up and help out, and it's... But, like, you don't really interact with each other at all, and, like, it, as soon as that campaign ends, you both just move on with your respective games. Like, it's really just two ships crossing in the night. Yeah, and- it was always weird, but, like, it was well-established enough, and, I mean, there wasn't really a narrative in Left 4 Dead 1, but I guess the, the characters were still pretty likable and had a lot of, like, good interplay dialogue. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mentioned that while you were away. I, I, oh, okay. I, yeah, it's... It's just like the, there, there wasn't a narrative, and then, but because the second game they decided to have a narrative, they had to bolt this narrative on back onto the first game, so that they could cross over. Yeah. And so and so now in this in this weird game that's like that's supposed to be like five or six not really connected zombie movies. Now one of them canonically dies at the end. Yep. Um, also, Bill goes to hell when he dies and is per- perpetually chased around by um, not Jason Voorhees. 
Fuck, Michael Myers. Yeah, Bill goes to hell and gets chased around and murdered repeatedly by Michael Myers. Okay, you mentioned this to me and I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Please explain. So, what happens, because Valve no longer gives a shit about their IPs, is in the game Dead by Daylight, a multiplayer survival horror player wherein one player, wherein four players play the survivors from, essentially from a horror, ostensibly from like a whole these classic horror movies set up of you have the survivors and you have the slasher monster. Four players play the survivors. One player plays the slasher movie monster. Now you can pick from a number of slasher movie monsters. You can pick like the nurse or you can pick like the hillbilly and so on and so forth. So on and so forth. Um, one of them, one of the monsters is Michael Myers. You can just be Michael Myers. Now who, who are the other survivors? If one of them is Bill from Left 4 Dead. They're just like random characters. Like original what? characters, and also Bill from the hit series Left for Dead, and uh, and this game takes place in hell. So the implication is that this game takes place in some sort of like magical world limbo. Um, the I think the tagline for the game is literally "Death is no escape," because the implication is that whenever you die in that game, you essentially just go to a deeper level of hell. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, Bill suffers in not hell for all eternity, getting killed by Michael Myers. That's canon. <laughs> okay, that's... Yeah. All right. So you want to talk about the other weird crossovers? Yeah, go for it, dude. The Payday I... Gang is responsible for Left 4 Dead 1. I remember you telling me about this before, but please yep. elaborate. So the Payday Gang, the, one of the levels in Payday 1 is that you need to recover a sample... From patient zero, from whatever the hospital in Payday, or whatever the hospital is in um, uh, Left 4 Dead 1. What the fuck is it called? I think it's just called Mercy Hospital. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like they picked the most generic hospital name they possibly could have. Yep. Anyway, you recover a sample from uh, Mercy Hospital in Payday 1 uh, from patient zero, and the implication is that the Payday gang were the ones who broke the quarantine and caused the zombie apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and and actually, here's the weird thing. I know for a fact I I am not nearly into as into the payday series as you are, but like I do know that that through like promotional marketing, payday is a series that has had a lot of crossovers. Yes, including uh, what's his face from Hotline Miami. Um, it was either I think it was either Jacket or Biker. It was whoever, Jacket. Whoever's the chicken mask. Yeah, it was Jacket. And that's the weird thing about that is that's actually the first and only time, as far as I'm aware, where you get to, like, see his face. Because normally in, like, the Hotline Miami games, they're played from a top-down perspective. So you don't actually, like, get to see his face. Well, in Payday 2, you see his face. And, like, the left side of his face is, like, all burned and fucked up. Um, nice. And then uh, also John Wick, for some reason. Yep. Um, also Scarface. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure, Scarface why not? is in those now. Yeah. That's, that's just all part of the Left 4 Dead universe now. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that there's, like, stuff that implies that all of the Valve series take place in one universe. Um, yeah, there sure is. So there was the crossover with Half-Life in, actually, I think Half-Life and Portal are largely self-contained. I think everything else... They definitely and- cross over with each other. There is a thing yeah. buried in Portal 2. There was some, like, experiment with, like, a ship... Or something, and like if if you look for it in the bowels of Aperture Science, you find it, and you're like, oh, okay, that's this is this is connected to Half Life. Yeah, um, so that's definitely a thing you can find. Uh, right, it's that TF2 is probably more contained, but that's like a cartoon, so that'd be a really weird if it wasn't. Oh, and, um, TF2 actually canonically crosses over with both um, Super Time Force 
and uh, fuck, what is it? Dungeon of the Endless. There we go. Now is that is that actually crossover? Or is that just cameos? Because I mean, like, if if we're if we're taking just like this character appears in this other game as a canonical crossover, then also like Poker Night at the Inventory counts, it's... which means which means <laughs> it technically also takes place with like the Homestar Runner universe, <laughs> Sam and Max hit the road, the webcomic Penny Arcade, uh, the Venture Brothers, and also the uh, also the um, uh, Army of Darkness. Oh my god! It would crossover with Army of Darkness, also Borderlands. Don't yeah, Borderlands. Border yep. Oh my god, wow. Um, this, this is some Tommy Westfall shit, and I, th- I feel like we need to rein it in before we get too far down this road. Possibly, but to answer your question, it's kind of up for debate. There's, like, just enough justification given for the introduction of the Team Fortress 2 characters in those two games. Also, Team Fortress 2, as you said yourself, is... It's like a cartoon, so it's much easier to justify the inclusion of those characters in other pieces of media. Whereas in, like, uh, something like the Payday games, there's actual plot justification given to it. Also, Payday crosses over with Counter-Strike, um, because you can rob the world, the Go World Bank in, uh, in Payday 2. Yeah. Awesome. Yup. Val doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> they re- like, but I mean, really, like, really? Yeah, now, here's the thing. Letting your characters cameo in, in other games, I don't think that's necessarily, uh evidence of not giving a shit. There's plenty of other evidence of not giving a shit. <laughs> you mean you don't love child gambling rings? No, not a fan. God. I guess we should probably talk about our experiences with Valve games. I know we both played a bunch of f- a fuck ton of TF2 back in the day. Yeah, so here's the thing. I never really got into the really, really big heavy hitters. I never played Half-Life. I've never been into Counter-Strike. But I fucking love TF2. I've put so much fucking time into TF2. I love the Left 4 Dead games. And I really enjoyed the 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 two Portal games. So I almost yeah. said the first two Portals. Like, there's ever going to be a fucking another Portal game? But you mean you're not holding out for Portal Three? Shit, no. I think Portal Two actually was a pretty self-contained ending. Actually, I mean, you guys make a yeah. lot. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, like the 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 illusion that it takes place also in like the future of the both the future and the past of the half-life games is is like some easter egg shit that's buried in there yes but i mean just as like a self-contained game portal 2 pretty much just ends on its own terms like it's certainly no fucking half-life 2 episode 2 that's for damn sure i mean it 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 doesn't it doesn't because like if you, the single player campaign ends and then the co-op campaign sets up more stuff. And then also there was the whole fucking other, like, multiverse thing they set up for the, the custom level thing. Wait, what? I wasn't familiar with that. Oh, you, oh, okay. This is It's actually really cool. Okay, you know Cave Johnson, right? Yes. There's this whole... Fu- they, they narratively justify the whole downloading custom levels thing as, uh, as, as fucking um, Aperture Science, like... Uh, funding their experiments by tricking people in other dimensions to build their testing chambers for them. And so there's this whole storyline where you, as the test subject, are warping to other dimensions, and each dimension you get to, you get J.K. Simmons playing another alternate universe version of Cave Johnson. Like, you'll you'll end up... Uh, I actually recommend going back and listening to the... Someone probably collected all the voice files in, like, a YouTube video at some point. I recommend giving them a listen. But, like, you'll hear J.K. Simmons talking about, like, 
And hey, welcome, welcome, test subject. And always remember to to say, swear your start your day pledging your allegiance allegiance to our overlord, the sentient cloud. Because if you don't, he'll kill us all, and like <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. And it's it's actually a really clever way to like have these just fucking custom levels without breaking the the in universe narrative. <laughs> And like, That's yeah, actually amazing. I yeah, and he that. and he they recorded a lot of intros and just and like each time you load up a, a, a custom level, no matter what custom level it is, it'll it'll play the next one in the sequence. So it's just it's good. It's real good. Wow. All right. I was yeah. still just trying to think of. Other but that was props. a cool thing they did like six years ago. So yeah, back when they actually gave a shit about making games, I think it actually probably would have been close to like five years. Let's not over exaggerate. I don't know how long after let's, the official release this was. <laughs> let's not over exaggerate here. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say five years. Come on now. Okay. God. Yeah. Wow. That's fuck. Now I gotta reinstall Portal Two. I guess. Shit. Yeah. I mean, it's a fairly good game. I remember, and again, I remember being kind of weirdly disappointed with Portal Two just because the narrative went in. The narrative goes in some places, and it feels like they always kind of. I guess you'd say damaged their own continuity or, like, damaged their own... How would you describe it? Because Portal 2 is a hell of a lot wackier than the first game. And I actually like the fact that the first game was kind of reserved with it, with its comedy, even though Portal 2 is still a really funny game with some really good puzzle design. Yeah. Like, Portal was was darkly humorous, but it wasn't absurd. Like, there was there were some ridiculous sci-fi elements in it, but, like, it wasn't... It wasn't wacky. Portal 2 is wacky. Portal 2, you vacuum the main antagonist out to the surface of the moon. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. say that that moment was real fucking cool. Like, you know, it, okay, fucking, fucking, you know, credit where it's due. The final thing that happens in Portal 2 is fucking amazing. Yeah, but I feel that's actually in a lot of ways kind of summarizes, like, why I'm disappointed in Portal 2, but also why I still really like Portal 2, because it is a really cool moment, but it's also fucking bonkers. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I mean in, in fairness, it is it is set up. They they prepare you for that moment and as it happens, it is it is like it is your character doing the thing that makes the most logical sense based on everything's happened up until that point. So it's it's not like a fucking goosebumps book ass like twist ending where like nothing that happened up until that point makes sense anymore. Like it is like it it, it, it is it is set up. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Also, the interesting thing about Portal Two was I, that was actually the game where they launched Steam launched its crossover with the uh, with Sony. Because I remember, because if you bought that game on the PS3, you actually got a copy that would redeem on Steam as well. And I remember that because I bought a PS3 copy because it was cheaper than getting it on the PC. So they never used that for anything else, did they? I have no fucking idea. Like I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think, I don't they, think they did Steam because done- they don't, because they don't make games anymore. Like yeah. Valve doesn't make fucking games anymore. I don't think they ever used that again. Or if they did, Valve certainly never did. Yeah, I, I, actually, we've gotten to the point where Sony is actually, and maybe this is because they got burned on the whole Valve thing. But like, it's gotten to the point where like, um, cross-platform <laughs> play has become a big thing. Like like Minecraft at this point, like crosses over between Windows and Xbox and that makes sense but also they cross over with the Nintendo Switch and but like Sony's the one that doesn't want to play ball and it's like is that is that cuz Valve like fucking did it to him for one game and then 
bailed on it? Like, is that what happened? Could you I- imagine being, like, the Sony executive who, like, bent ass over end backwards to set up that exclusivity deal and be like, boss, it'll be worth the investment. These guys are the best. They make all the quality games. All the gamers love their games. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll give us so many quality games and we'll get all sorts of killer apps. They make Portal 2 and they just bail. That's it. One fucking game. <laughs> I guess maybe they had like poker night at the inventory or something. I guess. Like the biggest consultation prize is can, the fact can I that just you say, can play it, poker with Claptrap. Yeah. I actually really do uh love the poker night games. I do. Um <laughs> and I wish Telltale would make another one of them, but like they're just gonna keep making it's it's this whole other thing we could get into, but like they, there's this thing where like they they're still trying to chase the success of the first Walking Dead season, and it's not working. Is I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they're making money hand over fist with all these licenses they're getting, but the games like they're just they're none of them have been as big a hit as the first season Walking of Walking Dead. Dead. Season Dead. Yeah. Walking Dead season one, yeah. Although yeah. in fairness, his name honestly, a lot of people bash that series for reasons that are both legitimate and unfair. I feel. Walking Dead Season 1, like the Telltale Adventure games, really, really good. I'll still go to bat for that series. Um, after yeah. the first season, whatever. I mean, like, the, the writers who were largely, and the writers, directors, whatever you want to call them, who were largely responsible for that bailed afterwards, so. And yeah. Like, it's it's a thing where, like, uh, basic basically, like, everything they've made since then has been in that format. And nothing they made before that was in that format. Yeah. And, like, I, I just want my fucking poker game, goddammit. <laughs> I don't give a shit about all these narratives. I want another fucking season of Strong Pad's Cool Game for Attractive People. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking... People tend to forget about Strong Pad's Cool Game for Attractive People, which I think is bullshit. It's actually, like, a really fun, really well-written, if albeit very, very conventional, point-and-click adventure game. Yeah. I mean, that's what they were doing at the time, is they were making conventional point-and-click adventure games. Yeah. Um, I, gu- I guess that's also worth bearing in mind, is before before Walking Dead exploded, they also really only had one thing that they did. And that was Sam and Max. Yeah. It's weird how that part of their, like, Telltale's library has gone, like, largely forgotten, because those guys were kind of a big deal for a while. Yeah, and it's because also a big were, deal like, that, like, they were, they were trucking in what was at the time sort of these forgotten licenses. They brought back fucking Monkey Island, too. Yeah, they brought back Monkey Island, they brought back, like, Sam and Max. They and it's not like Walking Dead was their first, like, dabbling in getting these weird licenses. Like, they had the Back to the Future ones, they had the notoriously awful Jurassic Park ones, which were actually kind of a dry run for what they ultimately did with Walking Dead. Yes. So, um, I remember they did, like, a post-mortem on those, and a lot of what went wrong in those games were kind of, like, retooled and reassessed and rebuilt for the Walking Dead games. And the Walking Dead games are essentially the ones where that went right. Yeah, that's worth, that is worth bearing in mind, that, like, their current success, the, the first season of Walking Dead, everything they made since really wouldn't have happened if they hadn't made that really shitty Jurassic <laughs> Park game and learned those lessons. Completely face-planted on the Jurassic Park games. God. Yeah. But in any case, so Valve. Yeah. Um, so, um, good. Yeah, I was going to say, bad company. Bad, morally, ethically bankrupt company, and I don't like them, but they effectively have a monopoly on the PC games market, so... Kind of, yeah. Some other some other places are emerging, but some of them also have their own problems. Like, there's that, what is it, G2A, where, like, oh, God, we don't no, care don't where these keys G2A. came from, half of them are don't, probably no, no. stolen, and if you buy a stolen key and, and like, it gets taken away from you because it was fucking stolen, then that's not on us. Okay, I shit on Valve really hard, 
because Valve is a bad company. Valve is fucking nothing compared to G2A. G2A... G2A are literal criminals. Like... Yeah, that company... I'm pretty sure they have connections to the Russian mob, and I'm not lying when I say that. <laughs> yeah, speaking I would of payday. Not, yeah, I was about to say, I would not be surprised to learn that G2A has connections with organized crime. It's It's that bad. Yikes. Um, other actual decent companies that aren't fucking sketchy as fuck, though. Good Old Games is one. Um, the Humble Store is another. But, like, even all of these services offer you a lot of times... Good Old Games, not so much. But, like, the Humble Store... Are when just you buy shit off Humble Bundle, they'll, get, they'll give you Steam, Steam keys. keys. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, obviously you're reducing the cut Valve gets, which is a good thing. But, like, you still gotta play... It's still their ball, and you still gotta play it. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna be fucking pissed if the game that, like, really puts Gog on the map and, like, catap- winds up catapulting them up to the forefront and making them a bunch of money is fucking Gwent. I hate Gwent. Gwent is shit. Wait, is Gwent, like, exclusive to Gog? Yep. Huh. Yeah, that's their killer app is Gwent. And I'm not sure what makes me angrier. The fact that a service that good's killer app is Gwent, or the fact that this might actually wind up working. Because I, I dumped listen, on... Listen, I know Hearts. you're going you're gonna to hate this, but I'm hoping it does. I I kind of am as well. Because if the deal we get out of it is that GOG actually becomes like a serious big player main... Like a serious mainline player, because they had the Hearthstone competitor. Oh my god. If they had the Hearthstone competitor, I think that's a worthwhile trade-off. Because unlike Hearthstone, at least we got something out of the deal. That said, Gwent is a fucking awful game, and I think it's actually worse than Hearthstone. And I don't say things like that lightly. Gwent no, is, you uh, don't. <laughs> Gwent, is, Gwent is a bad game. It is a terribly designed game, and every single time I played that, stopped, sat down and played that game, or watched that game being played, I... Just wanted to get the fuck away from that game as quickly as humanly possible. Even more so than Hearthstone. Okay. Say whatever you want about Hearthstone, but at least that game was intuitive, and the starter decks actually fuck. Did you know that the Gwent decks include tutor cards for cards that are actually not in the deck? So when it says, search for Brave Knight in your deck, you search for Dick All, and the card does almost nothing? That's huh. Gwent. That's that's real bad. Yeah. That game sucks ass. But that's enough talking about Gwent. Um, other ones, itch.io is kind of another alternative service. Uh, they tend to do be like mostly indie focused, for better or worse, really. Um, okay. My experiences using that service are pretty good, though. So there's that. But right. Yeah, like I mean, at least for the near future, I think we're kind of stuck with Valve and their sketchy yeah. ass fucking child gambling rings. <laughs> the, the thing I'm not is, fucking lying. On the on the one hand, it really really sucks, but also I'm almost afraid to think about like what the actual thing that ultimately brings them down is going to be, and what the aftermath of that is going to be. Yeah, like how have people not fucking stepped in on like I don't like the government fucking with things related to video games because historically that that's bad, like just historically, but like. How the fuck has no one really stepped in? I know there a class action lawsuit got brought and Valve's like successfully sued over some of this, but they still don't give a shit and they've largely operated the same way, so whatever, who gives a fuck? Um yeah, like how the fuck has no one stepped in on this? 
That's my question, because, like, you figure some fucking conservative politician somewhere would have sniped at this for, like, easy brownie points. Shit, they'd even be in the right for a change. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they 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 fucking love Silicon Valley over there, you know. They they'll, they'll talk about how much they hate California, but like they fucking love tech bros. They do fucking love tech bros. God. Anywho, Valve sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to throw out there before we move on to questions? Um, seriously, do some research into like the weird multiverse that Valve accidentally created through pure apathy because it's kind of amazing. Also, Half Life Two is overrated. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll take your word for it because I've I've never played the Half Life games, and I kind of don't feel any need to go back to it. So the Half Life, I'll just summarize very quickly. The Half Life games were pretty revolutionary for their time, but like the writing in those games is some weird Mary Stew, Gary Stew bullshit, and the actual gunplay and weapon and enemy designs are bad. And physics aren't really a big selling point in games anymore. Those games have largely not aged pretty well. Um, episode 2 actually holds up pretty decently, but that's because they started putting more effort into their enemy and level designs. And weapon designs as well, yeah. Okay, okay. that's that's it. All right. um, I will say um, I don't really play TF2 anymore um, because the weapon variety nonsense got a little too out of control for me, and also I- just burnout... I thought you were just going to um, say because Overwatch. Well, th- well, the thing is, I had actually kind of stopped playing TF2 long before Overwatch dropped. Yeah, um, but that's but like I, the easy... That's like I put like a hour. few thousand hours into TF2 back in the day. Like, TF2 all, will always have a special place in my heart. Uh, but, like, you know, it's, and I love that. And I also, like I've said, I, I love Left 4 Dead 2 a whole bunch. Um, I just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Valve God. doesn't fucking make games anymore. They don't. Well, we should we should probably at least talk about the thing that uh, that really got us to start talking about this because like the fucking Half Life Three thing script script thing was like a month that's, ago or something. Yeah, yeah, that's that also happened. But also, Valve did finally announce a new game they were making. Oh God! Yeah, I alluded to this earlier, but I forgot to follow up. So during the international the 2017, the international being like the Dota two tournament. Um, they were like, oh, we got a new which, game. Which is worth bearing in mind that their big moneymaker right now is, they call it Dota 2, but it's it's just Dota in a new engine. And, like, they're still updating the original Dota, and, like, it's just they're making their money off of the, the fucking the hats and shit. They're making... It's just Dota, Dota. Dota 1 was a game that literally just took, like, Kamari... Oh, yeah, that's another thing. You can argue that Kamari is a crossover character in Dota because they just took Kamari's character model from Dota 1, revamped it, and called it fucking Phantom Lancer in Dota 2 because that's what they did in Dota 1 is they just used the fucking character model from a Final Fantasy X fan game in Warcraft 3. Holy shit. Dota's really weird. I guess we should talk a little bit about Dota. Dota's really weird because it's essentially what happens if you give an $85 million budget to, like, one of those weird Chinese bootleg knockoff games. That's what you get. Yeah. Because, like, 90% of the characters in that game are just revamps of Warcraft 3 character models. Like, fucking Ghoul became Lifestealer. And, like, it's it's the same fucking character. It's like the same. I, I, I feel like we're gonna thing. need to get really in depth in, into into like Dota some other time. Like I yeah, think we need well, to do a Dota. Yeah, episode. that's we'll probably have to do a Dota episode. But yeah, like 
but the point mm-hmm. is they they have this license. It's their big money maker, but it's essentially like a knockoff. Dota game. isn't Dota isn't really a like a thing. There's not really like you'll they'll say there's a story, but like it's just these random like it's just these fucking random mishmash of characters like. This, and again, the bulk of them only exist because they, they they just fucking took some character from Warcraft Three because that's, the, it was originally Warcraft Three mod the, and just fucking the fucking reason Lena more differented the, them. The fucking reason Lena is called Lena is she's based off a of Slayer's character called Lena Inverse because the fucking people making Dota were massive weebs. It's the reason there's a ability like a third of the abilities in Dota are named after fucking Pokemon moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So fucking it's just it's stupid. nonsense. But then they they took they took this not license that and not universe they've got, and are like let's make a card game based on it because Hearthstone's the hot shit right now. Because you know what fucking Pe- people are starting money? to move away from mobas. You know they're all fucking, about the card games now. Yeah, you know what fucking prints money, and we've established that you don't actually have to know what you're fucking doing to print money as long as you've got good presentation. Card games. People don't give a fuck anymore. What's weird God. is that this is happening on the heels of Blizzard trying to get in on that Dota money. Yeah, and weirdly enough, we could do an entire episode on HOTS, because I firmly believe that Heroes of the Storm is, like, the best Blizzard game to be released in the past ten years, because it's the one Blizzard game that actually upgraded, or at the very least iterated and meaningfully changed the genre, as opposed to all their other games, which... If they haven't, which haven't really changed or impacted the genre, and honestly, most of them aren't even very good from a design perspective. Sorry. Like, Overwatch isn't actually a very well-designed game. I like Overwatch a whole bunch, my I, It's fine, but it's not a very well-designed game in a lot of respects. It's got weird, it's got really poorly designed levels a lot of times. Um, the character balance is going to continually be all over the place because there's not really a lot to go with there. I, I so for me, Overwatch is really bizarre, and I guess we'll get into questions after this because we're yeah. We're also we're also gonna have an Overwatch episode at some point. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So for me, Overwatch is weird because I came to the realization that Overwatch is a game that I like way more for the fandom aspect than the actual game aspect itself. Because the stuff that community produces is fucking awesome, but I think the game's not really very good. I will agree with you on the first half of that. Sort of the fanon is way more interesting than anything. Val- anything Blizzard officially does with the characters. Yeah. Like, fucking weird gremlin diva, fucking, like... <laughs> so good. Fucking Roadhog and, and, and Junkrat as lovers as opposed to just two random criminals. Like, the fucking Dad76, all that horse shit. Like, all that's way better than anything Blizzard just has ever or will ever officially put into the game. Well, they actually embraced Dad76 and put a whole bunch of shit in there that alludes to that, so... They were like, yeah, oh. but that's that's about it as far as they're willing to go. Like, they, yeah, they, and, they, and they, let's they, be real. That was after that was well established, and they were like, oh wait, what they're doing is way funnier and way more clever than whatever the fuck we were doing. Oh, pivot, pivot, pivot. Yeah. <laughs> God. But any anyway, like so yeah, so we don't actually know any of the details about what what the fuck is the 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 Dota card game called again? Oh, uh, relic or bolt. Fuck artif- you. Artifacts. Artifact, relic. Fuck you. Pay us money. We know you'll eat fucking slop because Hearthstone showed that people will eat fucking garbage with this genre. Hearthstone's yeah. entire competitive community hates that fucking game. Cripples sit there in his fucking streams and do nothing but relentlessly shit on the game and call it garbage, and he'll still fucking play it because people will still fucking watch it. 
The guy transparently hates the game, and he'll just still play it. It is baffling to me. Like, people rip on Street Fighter V, but at least people occasionally get genuinely hype over Street Fighter V. The competitive community for Hearthstone blatantly and transparently and almost unilaterally hates that fucking game. It is obscene how much hate that game gets from its own community, and yet still maintains like a huge level of success. I don't, I don't get it. It's beyond me. It, well, it's, it's because the community still loves it for whatever fucking reason. I don't. And I don't know if they're, and here's the thing. I do wonder because, like, a lot of times, like, when people are, are when when people do streaming in games, like, they'll do a lot of pissing and moaning. Like, you know, they'll, you know, like something won't go their way, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's fair," or "Oh, that's bugged," or oh, "That's bullshit," lag, meh, 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 you know, yeah, because like, that's what gamers do. They'll piss and moan. I mean, but, I'm absolutely 100 million percent guilty of that. Just yeah. full disclosure. So maybe a lot of folks are watching those streams and they're not picking up that, like, no, this is not just pissing and moaning. This is genuine ire. Like, like this, they genuinely, like, they're, they understand, like, card games on a level high enough that they can play them competitively, and they understand that this thing is a piece of shit, but they're doing it anyway. Like, and how many people are actually, like, picking up on that? I mean, if, like, I don't know, because, like, the thing about it is I've watched Crypt stream, because he streams a bunch. Um, I've watched him stream occasionally, and, like, the dude, like, even in game, like, even when you're playing a game and you're, like, frustrated with it, like, watching, like, King George and, like, the shitty hit registration in Rainbow Six Siege that crops up from time to time. But, like, every once in a while, something in that game happens and that guy just, like, busts out laughing. And it's, like, it's very clear that he enjoys the game, even with his frustrations with it from time to time. Nobody playing Hearthstone ever fucking genuinely laughs. If they laugh, it's that kind of dry, sarcastic, yeah, of course that would fucking happen in this stupid game laugh. Like, nobody who plays that game ever looks happy. Ever. And it's the most depressing shit. Like, Hearthstone streams aren't just miserable because the game sucks. Hearthstone streams are miserable because the people playing the game fucking hate it. Because it's bad. It's bizarre to me. I, I do not understand how that game has a streaming community. Anyway, want to go to questions? Yeah, may as well. I don't know if we have anything else we want to want to touch on here. Just Valve used to make good games and they stopped doing that and now they're fucking terrible. And now they're really sketchy. Like, that company is so sketchy. Oh my god. Yeah. Alright, so. Uh, got a few from at Doramingo here on the Twitter. Uh, how many Steam sales have ended with you owning games you do not recall buying? Um, only, like, one, I think. I think there's only ever been, like, one time where I genuinely ended in a, how did I get this game sort I guess of it's, I guess it's worth talking about is, like, the Steam sales used to be a thing people got excited about. Oh, yeah, now, that's actually a great point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Now they're just, like, whatever. Um, and the weird yeah. thing is, is I think that got started when they, like, got rid of flash sales, which is bizarre because that was actually a good change. Because well, it's it's the J.C. Penny effect. Is when you're completely honest and open and with your customers, and you do the thing that is objectively best for them. Like the stuff companies do instead that like hurts their customers, they do them because they're psychologically manipulative. And when you're being psychologically manipulated, you're excited. Yes, the thing. Uh, have you heard about this? The whole, the whole J.C. Penny effect thing. Um, no. Go ahead and fill me in. Okay, so there's this thing uh, in 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 retail stores to this day where like. 
they'll put up a sign that says something's on sale, but it'll just still be the regular price. It's just they'll temporarily jack the regular price up to compensate. You know, like, and you yeah. know, somebody will say twenty percent off, but it still costs just as much, if not more, than it normally does. And like, retail stores in the mall do this kind of thing all the time. You know, things like that. Yeah. Well, there was this whole thing where some guy, I forget his name, became the new head of JCPenney, and he said, you know what, we're going to make this big marketing push of we're going to stop doing this shit. We're just going to be honest with everybody. No, no, like, dishonest sales or anything. Like, everything is exactly the price it it, it should be. We're just going to, we're going to be open and honest, and we're going to tell everybody exactly what's going on. No more shady business stuff. And it failed spectacularly. Oh my god, it backfired so badly. Like if you ever if you ever if you ever needed to know if you needed the perfect encapsulation of what capitalism is, a company making a bold push to be open and honest and honest. friendly and fair with their customers backfired spectacularly. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think I think that. the fatigue was setting in anyway, going back to the valve sales, I think the fatigue was setting in even before uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, because I think part of it was people were starting to notice that every time the sale started, it would be the same games just going on sale again. Yeah. Usually at the same price as they were last time. Um, and, you know, it, here's the thing. Like like I've said, I fucking love Left 4 Dead 2. Who doesn't own Left 4 Dead Left 2 Dead at this 2. point? It's gone on sale for like a dollar and fifty cents like five times now. Yeah. Like, it, if, I- like if, if you have even the slightest interest in owning Left 4 Dead 2, you own it by now. Yeah, and I know in, like, my personal case, what happened was the amount of sales happening simply eclipsed the amount of games I wanted to own. Like, it got to a point where it's like, well, I own pretty much everything I want, and there are some niche, weird indie games that crop up from time to time, but those are, like, $5 purchases, so I'd make, like, one $5 purchase for a novelty game that looked cool, and that was basically that. Yeah. I had everything major I wanted, so. And what tended to happen is like if it was um if it was like an indie game or something or a slightly older game, those go on sale all the time. Those don't wait until the big sales events. Yeah. And the games that only go on sale during the big sales events tend to be like Call of Duty, and even then that goes for like five percent off, and it's like why fucking bother at that point? You know? Yeah. But yeah, it was one of those weird things where I think the thing that ultimately like killed the sale excitement was actually like a good change, and it was which is rare coming from Valve because they were like, no. We're going to do away with like these bullshitty flash sales and all this fucking nonsense. And you're just going, yeah. the games are just going to be on sale. You'll know exactly how long they're going to be on sale for. You don't need to like stay up late and check time zones and all this fucking bullshit. Here you go. Now, here's the thing, though. The thing worth bearing in mind is they didn't stop doing that out of the goodness of their hearts. They did that because they realized that people were using that system and manipulating it via the refund system. And in doing so, it was getting to be a problem uh, for the own, for the, uh, basically for them. It was also, I was about to say, it was also a, a big problem for like the, the individual companies that sold the games, the publishers and the developers, but I mean, they don't care about that. They're Valve. Um, but it was, it was becoming a, a, a big problem for them of people like buying the game. And then if it went into flash sale, refunding it and then buying it again at the new price. And, and just, it became this whole fucking to do and it got to be more trouble than it was worth. And they were just like, okay, flash sales are, are getting to be kind of a problem. Yeah. So. Also, I guess that's another good change they eventually wound up making. Uh, they allowed for refunds, but again, that wasn't out of the fact that they were like, we believe consumers demand protect. We believe that our consumers deserve protection from like bad, shoddy products. It was the wombo combo of we have no quality control, and half of these games on our service don't actually fucking work, even in the slightest. 
and also the fact that I think not offering refunds was illegal in the European Union. Yeah, there was an EU lawsuit, and also, like, they, I guess they figured a, new, uh, uh, um, a more lenient refund policy um, would would be easier. Would hedge actually... against, yeah, would hedge against the worst aspects of their storefront. And yeah, it would, it would be easier than actually fucking curating their shit, so... Although, in fairness, is named to Valve, a rare case of fairness is named to Valve, given fucking Warner Brothers releases, and the fact that those should theoretically have worked, and then didn't, um, there are actually legitimate applications for that, because, like, yeah. there was no reason for, like... Uh, I'm just I'm just saying, like, we're talking about these, these things that Valve have done that are positives, but it's worth bearing in mind that in every one of these cases, there is some alternate reason that, like, ul- ulterior motive that fucking forced them into it. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts or out of love for their customers. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what also, the hell were we talking about? <laughs> uh, we were talking about Steam sales ending with you owning games you didn't remember buying. Oh, right. Good questions. I think we answered, and I yeah, there was only ever once that happened. I think it was like Civilization Four or something like that. I don't think I, for me it's not so much that I look at my list and it's like I don't remember buying that. It's I, I'll something will happen like I'll watch a YouTube video or something for some older game and I'll be like, huh, I want to play that. Do I own it yet? Like it's it's not so much I don't remember. It's not so much that I buy something and then I don't remember buying it. It's I get to where I don't remember whether or not I own something. Like an old game will pop up and I'll think that sounds like something I would have bought by now. Did I? You know. So, so yeah. yeah. Uh, also from Dory Mingu, uh, what is the purpose of the valve installed in the back of the head? Is there any practical or or non sinister reasons? Um, I assume it was to let off steam. Um, I assumed it was to let off steam. That it was like a yeah. visual metaphor. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any. I think much like anything Valve does now, if there was a purpose, it's pretty fucking pointless now. Though they don't give a shit. <laughs> it's a it's a fucking vis- it's 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 the it's the it's the game release Valve and it's vestigial now. <laughs> there we fucking go. Nailed it. Uh, let's see. That was uh, actually clever. Good job. Oh, thank Shit. you. Um, from Also from Dory Mingo. We got a, a few from him. Um, if Valve had to pick one game to focus on from now until eternity, i.e. market update, create sequels for, which one would you want it to be? <laughs> so um, I guess we get to force them to actually make games again. Um, the, okay, so not Dota 2. I think we can throw Dota 2 under the bus immediately. Um, my instinct is Team Fortress, but like I actually want... The, they're they're still supporting Team Fortress, albeit mostly just by adding cosmetic items to it. Uh, I kind of want them to just make a TF three. Like, yeah. I mean, they're not going to because TF two is still presu- making like a lot of money for them for very little effort. I I think I, I've actually been still following the TF two community um, off and on, and from what I understand, Valve has a total of four people working on TF two right now. Brilliant. Yeah, but they're still making a ton of money doing it. So yeah, yeah. that. That's a weird. That's one of the weird aspects of TF2. Is like there's no reason TF2 can't compete with Overwatch, really, or couldn't. Rather, maybe that ship has finally sailed. But I guess like a lot of things Valve does does did, they just kind of let it languish for no fucking reason. Alternatively, they yeah. let it languish because they don't fucking care. Yeah. There isn't no reason here. It's like why bother? Um, I guess. Yeah. I guess I'll say Left 4 Dead three. Yeah, I, I want to make more Left 4 Dead because. I think it is actually Left 4 Dead, because I if, at first my knee-jerk reaction was Portal, but Portal kind of just ended. And yeah, Portal ended, and however unceremoniously, Half-Life's not coming back. 
Like yeah. that's basically done. So, but Half like life is finished. For the, the thing is, because by virtue of it not actually like there's technically a narrative, but it's not really narrative driven. You could just kind of keep making Left for Dead games. But yeah, they're not, but they're probably not going to because how do you how do you hat economy a Left for Dead game? I guess I guess let you make custom avatars and shit, um, but then you lose the whole like NPC banter system that they have. Although I guess they would just drop that in favor of. I mean, Valve has the money and the to make like production values. I mean, have you seen heard some of like the contextual dialogue in fucking Dota Two? Because you can leverage a lot of complaints in Dota Two. Oh, that's right, Stanley Parable crossed over with Dota Two along with I think Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's getting them? back into cameo territory again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, but still, but yeah, fuck. I mean, because so did the so did the narrator from Bastion, didn't it? Oh God, you're right. Fuck yeah, wow. God, Val doesn't give a fuck anymore. Or maybe they do. I don't, you know, I, I'm going to give credit fuck? to him. I don't. I don't think uh, uh, getting custom like announcers that are things from other properties. I don't think that's not giving a fuck. I think that's just a neat thing you can do. Yeah, I think I'm being... I, I guess it's because I'm really harsh on Valve now, because Valve's kind of a shitty company, that I don't give them the benefit of the doubt, even when they kind of deserve it. Because credit where it's due, that Stanley Parable announcer is fantastic. Yeah, especially with how sarcastic it is. Like, Yeah, that's the funny thing about the Stanley Parable announcer, is the Stanley Parable announcer is super passive-aggressive towards you when you're playing that game, and basically does nothing but relentlessly shit on you and Dota, and you for playing Dota the entire time you're playing. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is, weirdly enough, I think it's Left for Dead. Because I feel like Left 4 Dead is the combination of a game I actually do want to see crossed over with, I think Valve has the least chance of fucking this one up. Yeah. Because, like, it, I feel like Left 4 Dead, like, they could very easily just keep, like, slotting in new campaigns, and which is what they, they did for a little while. And that would probably largely be fine. Yeah. I, I thought, like, Left 4 Dead isn't, like, there was a, more of a narrative in Left 4 Dead 2, and I liked it well enough, but it's not like it was a game changer. I didn't yeah. really give that much of it. It was nice, but it, it wasn't really necessary, so. And I mean, also, if a Left 4 Dead 3 comes out, they could just do what they did for Left 4 Dead 2, and, like, in Left 4 Dead 2, they ported over all the Left 4 Dead 1 shit, and then they could just do that for Left 4 Dead 3, just, you know, port over all the campaigns from 1 and 2, and then suddenly you've got this fucking... You've got all of this content right out of the gate. Yeah. You know? That would actually be a pretty good way of handling it, I think. Um, because, like, I was thinking, like, maybe a CSGO sequel, and then I remembered the way they would just... They would butcher that game. Yeah. And, I mean, like, the the biggest flack that Left 4 Dead 2 got was that it came out so soon after the first one when people were, were had gotten used to the idea of Valve, like, perpetually supporting a game post-release thanks to yeah. Team Fortress. Uh, I think, I mean, at this point, it's definitely been long enough that, like, I don't think anybody would be particularly upset about a Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, I know I wouldn't. And if, but it feels, it really feels bizarre that, like, the fucking Horde zombie shooter is the one I most want to see from Valve, but... In fairness, and, and, and this is just my opinion, you might disagree with it, in my mind... Like, Left 4 Dead 2 is still the best sort of horrid zombie shooter there is. I think you can make that argument. I would say I mean, Vermin. I know you like Payday, and... and I, I, mean, no, no, I like, I don't, I like, I don't, I like, I like, I like Vermintide well enough, but, like... Vermintide would be the one where I... Payday is whatever. I don't actually like Payday that much. It's just I play it occasionally because everybody fucking plays Payday. Kind of like the Overwatch of horde shooters, really. Um, Vermintide is the one I actually really like and think is super good. 
Um, but even there, Vermintide, for better and worse, is a very melee-focused and oriented game with some loots. It was a good... Maybe not good, but like a loot progression system, which is fine. It's a PvE game. I don't have an issue with that. But they are definitely different focused games. And they focus on doing different things and they achieve different goals. Um, yep. Which leads to some subtle but very distinct kind of game feel between them. Um, which again, isn't a complaint. It's it's just an observation. Yeah. But and I, th- I, think that, I think that's a different structure, different folks situation. Because I definitely prefer yeah. Left 4 Dead over Vermintide. But I can see why someone would fall the other way. Yeah. Also, the fact that Vermintide has a shockingly well-realized and well-developed world in, like, the old Warhammer fantasy setting helps a lot. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that that benefits greatly from the, the existing license. Yes. Which that, is, that's the, that was one of the things that always shocked me about Vermintide, is how well they used that license. Because I, I expected that game to be in cash-in, but, like, no, they really did their research with that yeah. game and the source well, material. I mean, it's it's something that is is true of, of of games and has always been true of games is that the vast majority of the time a license is gonna hold something back. Like, very rarely does something actually benefit from having been a licensed title. But Vermintide yeah. actually like Vermintide actually benefited from it. And and, you- and and it's also such that like you don't need to know anything about or give a shit about Warhammer to enjoy it, like like cards on the table, I don't know fucking anything about Warhammer. I have never given a shit about Warhammer in my entire goddamn life, and I still enjoyed Vermintide a lot. Yeah, and, like, and that's actually another good point, and one of the things about Vermintide that I really liked about that game is you really didn't, because you don't need to know about like the Grey Seers or the Screaming Bell or the Chaos Hordes or any of that shit to like get the idea that, hey, there are a fuck ton of Ratmen running around it's the apocalypse, shoot them in the face and prevent everything from dying. Done. There you fucking go. And if you have people like me who actually understand what's going on, they put enough time, effort, and research into that game to where they developed that stuff and they showed off some cool set pieces and some stuff in that world to actually make it meaningful for longtime established fans. It really, like, Vermintide is a really fucking good game. And if you like Left 4 Dead, I would definitely, or Horde Shooters in general, I would definitely recommend checking that one out. It's, uh, it's quite good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's see. One last question from Doremingu. Uh With Valve problems, is a Crescent or Monkey Wrench preferable? Um, Sledgehammer, so you can crush them. All right, I'll go ahead and agree with that. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is the last one from the Twitter. We actually got a lot more questions uh, on the Facebook group than the Twitter this time. Um, from at Paul C. Pace. Is Gabe afraid of the number three? TF2, Half-Life 2 Episode 2, Portal 2, Left 4 Dead 2, Dota 2, Counter-Strike Online 2, no threes. What's the freaking deal? Uh... So... so Valve being afraid of three is an not only like it, it is an ancient meme at this point. Like yeah, that just it hit is. me. Like not only have not only like did they just notoriously never fucking finish Half Life two, but like they did it for so long that it became like this. Like not only did it eventually become a meme of like, well, Valve can't count to three, her derpeter, but like that that meme is ancient at this point. Like as it far is. as internet time is concerned. Like that is that is the that is one of the oldest observations to make in gaming is Valve doesn't release anything with a three in it. Yeah, I'm not even sure that's a meme at this point. It's more just like a fact. Like Valve yeah. will never make a game with three in the title. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So okay, so here's a question. Here's a question. Okay. Eventually when they need like for whatever reason the engine it's currently working in becomes untenable, like it just doesn't work on modern like OSs or anything like that. Do they make Dota 3, or do they just make it Dota 2 subtitle? Uh, they make Dota 3, I feel. 
okay. I think that's finally when it when it happens. That or they just say it's Dota two again. Because that's my thinking. I'm thinking they're just gonna like, oh well, I guess we just have to make Dota two again in the new engine. You know, like that's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think they might go through with that. Only time will tell. God, that would be the kicker, wouldn't it? The game where they finally make it three and it's fucking Dota. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, let's head to the Facebook group. Uh, okay. Jordan, and this is this is not our Jordan. This is a different Jordan. Uh, our Jordan actually has a different question further down. Uh, but this is Jordan asks. Uh, first, I think we all know that Half Life Three is never coming out at this point, and with Steam, yeah. I can understand it doesn't need to. Yep. Valve will do just fine. But should they still make it? No. Uh, yeah. My answer is no. He says, let should they that... still make it? And and if not, why not? So I think he um, wants to know why not. Let that fucking sleeping beast lie. Um, whatever game Valve would make at this point would be disappointing in comparison to whatever everybody had come up with in their own heads uh, over the past 10 years. Oh my fucking god. Um, the script is out. It's done. Like, yeah. it's finished. Yeah. I know it wasn't the best way to end it, but it ended. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Mass Effect 3. The ending sort of sucked, but it ended. Make of it what you will, and you don't want an Andromeda situation. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, uh, also from that, Jordan, uh, how do you think Gabe Newell feels about being the symbol of the PC gaming master race meme? Oh, he doesn't fucking care. Doesn't I don't even shit. think he knows. No, he definitely knows, um, because they kind of cultivate that as, like, a brand thing with, like, all the stupid fucking Gaben memes and what have you. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't fucking care. Hell, if anything, given the interviews I've seen with the guy, he actively holds his own fan base in contempt at this point. Probably. I mean, I would, too, in fairness's name. I'd also like to think that I'd have enough, like, self-respect to at least, like, moderate my terrible, shitty fucking community. But, like, he didn't, he, he didn't care. He fucking, he, I, in fact, I have it on relatively good authority, not like incredibly good authority, that a lot of Valve higher-ups actively like do hate their fan base and despise games like Dota, but since they don't give a shit because they're not game developers and they're businessmen now, they don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think that's, and this is going to be getting off into a tangent, I think that's why Valve is dabbling in VR and shit so much, is just so Gabe has fucking something to do. <laughs> Like I think he's j I don't I don't think he really believes that, that VR is really gonna go anywhere because I think he's smarter than that, because I don't think VR is really going anywhere either. Uh, at least not anytime soon. Yeah. Um I think I think he's just fucking bored. He's bored. rolling in money and his knife collection and he's growing old and he doesn't make games anymore. <laughs> he he needs something to occupy his time, so fuck it. Let's work on VR helmets. He's rolling in his knife collection. That seems like a pretty bad idea. Well no, he's rolling why. in the money. The knife collection is on the other side of the room. Okay. So <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Good. No, I wasn't gonna say anything. Okay. Um huh. from Paul. Do you think there's gonna be Steam Link on Switch? At any time. So, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no as well. Partly because... Now, here's the thing. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Nintendo is surprisingly willing to play ball on the Minecraft crossover thing. Um, but also, like, Minecraft is fucking huge. Um, and they really want to make sure that they get it on their system. Uh, but the thing with Steam Link is... I, I, I can't help but feel like Nintendo's just going to look at what happened with the PS3 that we mentioned earlier. And just go like, no, that's not... No. We're not going to waste our time with it. You're going to do it for one game and that's it. 
Also, Nintendo isn't quite as paranoid as they used to be, but it's one difference to have a just one singular game on your service. They have to get Steam on their service. Yeah, that's not... No. Uh, no. Nope, 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 nope. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, nope. Uh, from Rose. Thoughts on Steam machines, i.e. the Valve consoles. Good, bad, ugly, and what happened to all the hype? Um... They're fine, but here's the thing about Steam machines. They're fucking computers. That's yeah. what happened to the hype. Yeah, I it's, mean, they're functional it's... <laughs> computers, but they're fucking computers. Yeah. That, like, uh, Steam machines... Like, one if, of those if, things you, if you want I... to get a pre-made computer for cheap, there's better ways of doing it. Yeah, and, like, there's there's nothing wrong with Steam machines in my experience, limited as it may be. It's just, like, they're, they're, com- they're computers. That's... That's fine, but that's all. Yeah, they and are. I mean, and I mean, you want to. Some folks probably get respond to that by splitting hairs and saying, "Well, aren't all consoles computers?" But like, no, we, we specifically mean like they're PCs. Yeah, they they it, run like, like an OS. Yeah, they run it, Linux, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's just a computer. Like it's it's just it's 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 not it's like it's not even on a proprietary OS. It's just it's just a Linux computer. Like you could no, you no, could I mean, just you could just make one of them. Like that's the thing is you can't make a PlayStation Four. I mean, you. I mean, physically, you could, but like, it'd be very. It'd be you'd you'd have a, your work cut out for you. Yeah. But like, if you have the money and you know what you're doing, like, you can just make a Linux computer. Shit, you don't even need like an obscene amount of money or anything to make a Linux computer. It's just like that's that's a practical goal. You can make yeah. a Linux PC if you have some money and a little bit of know-how. It's not even that hard. And if you don't have the know-how, just fucking pay somebody to do it. Yeah, they'll like, probably do like, it for more cheaply than buying the Steam box. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't have anything against them. It was just one of those things where I never, I was always surprised there was hype in the first place. Because yeah. for me, it's, it's not a matter of this is a bad idea. It's uh, who is this for? Yeah, and I guess it's for the same people who buy like pre-built PCs, which is a non-negligible market, admittedly. But yeah, but I don't the, get the thing is, the people who buy that. like pre-built PCs probably aren't like, I mean, yeah, they might be buying them for purposes of playing games on them, but like, they're probably not going to be like, well, I want to just, I want it to only have a controller and I need to specifically only be able to use Steam. Like, if they're buying a pre-bought computer, they're probably also like, they want to have like fucking Internet Explorer, you know? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. So, Trevor asks, what are your thoughts on DeNuvo and other DRM? DRM Uh, doesn't work. Yeah, it's it bad. Do, it doesn't work. I think. I think the. I think like the the record of uh, a bit of DRM like lasting uh, a, an amount of time before finally getting cracked is like a week. Like it doesn't work, and it ultimately only hurts the people who paid for your game legally anyway. Yeah. If the, it like that's that's the thing is like best case scenario. Best case scenario ever is that pirates don't get to your game for seven days, and the people who legally bought your game don't notice the DRM. That is that is the ideal scenario for DRM. There's it is pointless. Like and I and I know the thing that spawned this question was the fucking the, the PC version of Sonic Mania had Sonic the DRM. Mania, yeah. And it's like but like it, it it accomplishes nothing. All it does for you now is get you bad press because it will inevitably inevitably bug out and prevent someone who legally purchased the game from playing it when they want to. That is that's that's just the that's the only thing that happens. And yeah. here's and listen, I get it. I get wanting to protect your stuff, and here's the thing: I'm usually I'm usually not one to sympathize with corporations, but like I see where they're coming from here. They want to protect their shit from thieves. I get it, 
but the the only method that they have and the only method that they've used does not work and only hurts their paying customers. That's the long and short of it. Yeah, I have nothing more to add. I pretty much agree 100%. Yeah, sorry sorry to sorry to like go off like that. Nah, you like, pretty nah, you pretty much had it had it nailed right, right between the eyes. Good job. All right, thank you. Um Billy asks in about 30 years, when Valve and Steam go belly up and the server shut down, what will be the plan for your hundreds of games? Um, I don't think I'm going to actually be too interested in playing most of those games in 30 years. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, that's... <sighs> like, the thing about that's always weird about the argument that Valve servers are going to shut down and I'm going to lose all my games is I don't think I'm going... Now, from an archi- this is different from an archival purpose. We'll talk about video game archival in a moment, because that's a whole other ball of wax. But I don't, I don't think I'm going to be playing Tekken 7 in 30 years. And if I yeah. am playing Tekken 7, I can probably just play it on, like, an emulator. Same deal with, like, Team Fortress 2, and, like, Portal 2, and, like, all these other fucking games. Yeah. And, yeah, I won't be happy about it, but it's... At the end of the like, day, they're just video games. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, listen... I fucking love Psychonauts. Assuming I'm even alive still, I'm probably not going to be itching to play Psychonauts in 2047. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what we're talking here. Yeah. And, like, if I can... Uh, and Now, from, like, archival purposes, I agree it kind of sucks because there are, you are going to lose games, and I think, like, preserving history is actually, like, really, really fucking important. But I also feel like people are good enough at that nowadays that it's probably not going to be... Yeah, there, there are actually plenty of people out there forward-thinking enough that they're making an effort to actively preserve games in case they go away. Like, I'm actually... Yeah, and also, um, like... I've mentioned, I've mentioned this before, but, like, um, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV with Emily lately, uh, and I, I think that's something we're going to want to do an episode on eventually. I know I know you're not into it, but, like, that's something I want to talk about eventually. And yes, I'm watching, I- But I'm watching this uh, YouTube series... Uh, called Remnants of a Realm, and it's these guys who keep talking about stuff from, like, the original 1.0 version of that game that's, like, gone now. Yeah. But, like, they have the they have all of this, like, data and stuff. Like, they have an emulated version of the original version of the game because someone thought to preserve it. Like, they're running around with all these, showing off all these character models and all these locations that don't exist anymore and all this other stuff. And it's out there because someone said to themselves, hey, we should probably make sure that this game doesn't, like, disappear forever. Like, someone saved it. And And that's really interesting in the case of Vanilla 14 because I would agree that's actually important that someone saves it because it's – I would say it's a very important game, but it's a terrible fucking game. The entire reason they rebooted 14 was Vanilla 14 sucked shit. It was awful. I actually actually really recommend watching these videos because that's one of the things they talk about is like, is they talk about like, here's here's everything that was really just went wrong in the original version of the game, you know? And, but like, but that's kind of my example of just like, if a game is of note, someone's going to preserve it. Yeah. Like, PT is out there. You can't legally get it anymore, but it's out there, you know? Like yeah. it's, it's people like and and yeah. Again, they're having to dig into all these legal gray areas, and it's taking a lot of work, and it's a it's a pain in the ass. Um, and like and for all I know, like it might not bear fruit. We might eventually lose it, but people are working at at saving it. People are trying. Yeah. Um. In fact, if anything, at this point, my concern is not PC games. My uh, the scary thing as far as game preservation is the fact that like old like NES cartridges and shit are starting to rot now. Yeah, and though I was actually going to say the thing about most modern games for archival purposes, most car- most like companies and game corporations now save source codes. But like 
pre like 2000 that but that didn't become industry standard until like 2002 2001 yeah like the start of the ps2 but even even just by virtue of like how 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 far pc emulation has come even like older pc games like like really really old like dos games and shit that shit is preserved that shit is held on to if 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 anything is in danger of going away like forever to the point where we can never recover it like it's like it's yeah it's it's console games yeah so yeah like and and here's the thing like it's not like and and listen like if there's like a fucking nuclear apocalypse or something and electricity goes away like yeah of course like it's it's not like it's not like pc games are indestructible but like as assuming assuming human civilization continues to march on by and large like pc games will probably be fine yeah good question though yeah yeah all right uh from paul gog versus steam compare and contrast i feel like we already did that yeah, GOG's selection is markedly inferior, but they're an actual, like, good company as opposed to a garbage dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not a perfect analogy, but it's basically the mom-and-pop store versus Walmart when it comes yeah. right down to it. Yeah. Like, that's... Walmart's a lot more likely to have what you're looking for, but also they're Walmart. They're Walmart. It's grody. Also, unlike that analogy, the mom-and-pop store in this situation actually offers competitive pricing. So yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. It's it's literally just an exam. It's literally just selection, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, from Alex, uh, what size valve do I need to protect a water line from freezing? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't. I don't plumber. know anything about hardware. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I and and, li- and listen, it's it's a good joke. It's a good joke question. Kudos, but like, yeah, we can't actually answer that. We can't. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Billy asks, does valve have a shut off valve that will kill everything? So, um, so this is something worth noting that Valve has said it's on record, and it's probably a lie. But they have said on record that they have some kind of kill switch somewhere, where if for whatever reason the company goes under, they can hit the button and everyone's games will just keep working. Which I don't think that's true. Yeah, that I don't know like how that would bullshit. work. But like, yeah, they 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 have said they have some kind of contingency such that if they go under, people will still own their games. But I feel like that's just something they said to try and assuage fears, because, like, realistically, no. It's not, <laughs> also, like, not, not only is that not really possible, but even if they were, they probably wouldn't care. Like, yeah. if the company got... Like, not just the Valve of now, but the Valve of back then. Like, if the company went under, it's like, well, my company went out of business. What, what the fuck do I care? Well, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt back then, because back then they actually, like, gave a shit about making games, and they, like... You know, you could actually argue and debate that they were, like, actual arteurs, and they, like, gave a shit, but nowadays, poof, they don't fucking give a shit. Like, come on. They don't give a shit. Holy fuck, they didn't renew the NDA on the Half-Life 2 Episode 3 script. Yeah. Jesus, God. Alright, and, uh, last question. This is from, this is from our buddy, Jordan. Uh... I'm going to be honest before I read this, um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't like making fun of people's like typos or grammar or anything. I'm honestly having a hard time figuring out what he's trying to ask here. Okay. Uh, so here it is. Do you think Humble Bundle has allowed a proliferation of indie games on Steam, or is it the community on Steam that allows them and eventually deals in things like Humble Bundle? A proliferation of Humble Bundle... I, I think is... he's asking that, like, is the rise of the indie scene... Does, does the credit to that go to Humble Bundle... Or to the Steam community, or just the fact that things like Humble Bundle and Steam sales have lowered prices. I think. Um, like, it, what, it, what are we what are we crediting the rise of the PC indie scene? Um, fuck, that's a really hard question. Actually, I'm actually I feel like the biggest thing to credit the rise of the indie scene is nothing to do with either of these storefronts. 
because also because I mean, if you're talking about storefronts, you could also give some credit to itch.io. But like, I don't think it's a storefront thing. I think it's the increase of availability of game making tools. Like Unity is a thing. Unreal is a thing. Uh, game Maker is a thing. Like, and, and in fact, they they sell tools for making games on Steam now. Like. There, the, like, if you want to, and also there's plenty of tutorials and stuff on YouTube. Like, if if you want to learn how to make a video game, you can just fucking do that now. And I I credit that a lot more than the existence of storefronts, because like, if you want to sell your game, you'll like, you would find somewhere to sell it, uh, even if you had to do it manually. But like, I I, I feel like it's more that people can make games. Is is in my mind the um, more the credit of like the rise of the indie scene? Yeah, I'd actually have to think really hard on this one. This is a because assuming that is what he's getting at, that's actually a really good question, and I'd actually have might, to go it, and like check the history. Although he might also be asking, and I might have misinterpreted the question the first time. He might also be asking, is the reason that indie games are so prominent on Steam now because of Humble Bundle? Huh. I don't actually know the answer to either of those. Yeah, I don't know. I. Huh. Humble Bundle is a good thing. Like I, yes. I, I fucking love Humble Bundle. Like not just not just in terms of like it, like even if you took away the charity aspect, it would still be a good thing. It al- it allows indie devs to get together and sell their shit in bulk. It's in at a low price. It's ultimately better for everybody. I think, especially yeah. because like someone sees a Humble Bundle, is like, oh, I want to play fucking Binding of Isaac. I want that. Did I also get a copy of Freedom Planet? All right, sure. I don't know what that is, but I'll take it. And then maybe they try it. Like. It, I feel like that's a win-win, but like, yeah, it's hard to say how much of that can be like given credit for the fact that there's indie games all over Steam. Because also, k- kind of in a roundabout way, the fact that the indie scene on Steam has risen so much has been the fact that Valve doesn't give a shit anymore. Now, it the fact now the fact that the storefront is not really curated at all does also mean that like it can be hard to get your shit noticed through Steam. You're gonna have to find some other way to do it. Um, but like. Because that's the thing is, I can't remember the last time uh, I saw a game on Steam. Like, Steam told me a game existed, and I was like, oh, hmm, that looks like something I'd want. Like, I, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I find out about a game somewhere else, and then maybe I go to Steam to buy it. Yeah. I don't know. That is interesting to kind of think way back, because, like, back in, like, 2010, an indie game making it onto Steam was, like, a big deal, because they used to curate the shit out of that storefront, and yeah. then they stopped. And now they don't give a shit anymore, and no one fucking cares if your game is on Steam. Literally any game can get on Steam. Almost. Literally yeah. any game can get on Steam. I mean, it can no be a big pain in the ass if somehow you can't get your game on Steam. Um, yeah, but, like, it's pretty easy to get a game on Steam. <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard. Ah, anywho. I, that was the last question. Do you have anything um, else we want to add before we wrap this up? No, I think I'm good, other than fuck Valve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad company. Fuck you, Valve. Also, please make Left 4 Dead 3. Just fucking do it. <laughs> you you assholes. Make a fucking game. Make a game. Oh, they're making a game. They're, aren't you ready Doesn't for count. Artifact? No, no. Is aren't that what it's ready? called? Did you figure that out? It's Artifact? I, I don't fucking know. Who gives a shit? I'm so... Like, I guess that's something I can actually add. I'm... I'm officially hitting the point where even as, like, the card game person, I'm just getting burnt the fuck out. Like, they announced Artifact, and it's like... I don't fucking care. I'm, so, I'm done. So here's the question. If if it's free to play, and I assume it will be, will you at least give it a try? 
I'm not sure I will. And, that's, like, and when I'm I say just... at least, that's not me asking you to do it. Like for the like, come on, give it a chance. That's me asking, like, would you? I mean, theoretically, yeah, because it's free, and if I think it's shit, it's whatever. But like at this point, I'm genuinely so burned out on card games. You've got to do something really special to get me to take notice. Like, um, I like I tried the new L5R reboot, and I liked that game a lot. Actually, I think that game's really, really good. But like. I still haven't tried, like, the Elder Scrolls game. I still, like, should probably give Eternal another try, but I just, I can't give my, I, I, I can't give a shit anymore. Like, I, so many of these fucking games have come out, and, like, so many of them are just the same fucking thing, and it's just tiresome. I haven't tried Ferreira yet, even though that game is supposed to be quite good. Um, I don't know. I'll maybe try it when it comes out. Oh, MTG Arena's coming out. So much for fucking uh, Hearthstone not being a competitor for those games, eh? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Mm. MTG Arena, we'll probably wind up talking about that game at some point because the business implications behind that one are fascinating. But that's another conversation for another time. Okay. All right, so let's um, let's, let's wrap, wrap this wrap up. It up. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I always ask, even though I you know, generally know what the answer is, but do you have anything you want to plug this week, dude? Uh, not this week. I think like next week I might actually have something now. Okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, yeah, Oh, sorry. My mind just went blank. Yeah. I was about uh, to say, uh, you okay? Yeah. Sorry. But it's like my brain shut down. Um, someone turned the valve on the back of my head, I guess. Uh, but basically you can find me on Twitter at Mike loves rabbit. You can get a hold of us as a podcast on Twitter as well, at G-Shaped, G-S-H-A-P-E-D, on Twitter. Um, also, check out the uh, check out some of our other podcasts. We're both on Teenagers with Attitude, and the Facebook group I mentioned, where we tend to get questions for this show, is the Teenagers with Attitude Facebook. We don't have a Facebook for going pear-shaped, because that kind of seems pointless. Uh, so, you know, hey, check us out on one of those places. You know, give us... Give us your ear holes and eyeballs, and <laughs> that's. I'm, I'm kind of deflating. I'm gonna yeah, honest, I, so. I'm doing the same thing. We probably should have pulled the eject lever about ten minutes ago, if I'm being real. But like, fuck it, we're committed now. Yeah. In any case, uh, for so so check us out next time when we'll also you also get to hear us like die live on, on air. <laughs> uh, fucking for going pear shaped. I've been Mike, and I've been Matt. And always remember, diddle yourself constantly. I uh, I picked up the slack there. Hey there, Audio Entropy listeners. This is Mike, and I want to tell you about a special event we've got coming up on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash videoentropy. Now, in the past, we've had some pretty successful streams playing Jackbox Party Pack 3 with listeners, uh, basically for an entire Saturday evening, starting in the afternoon U.S. time and running until the wee hours of the morning. And to celebrate the fact that the aptly named sequel, Jackbox Party Pack 4, is coming out, we're going to be having a big just celebration party stream on October the 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time or 5 p.m. Pacific U.S. time and running until the wee hours of the morning 
seriously, these things tend to run for like, I don't know, eight or nine hours, basically until everybody feels like stopping. You can come and go as you please. If you can't be there for the start, feel free to show up late. If you can't stay for the whole thing, feel free to leave early. It's fine. It should be a fun time for everyone. Now, if you've never been to one of these streams before, it's really easy to play along. Just watch the stream, again, twitch.tv slash videoentropy. Open up another browser somewhere on the same computer or on your phone or tablet or however you want to play, and you go to jackbox.tv. And once you go there, you enter in a four-letter code that we'll be giving you, and it'll let you play along. Now, these things are always a ton of fun. You'll be getting to hang out with us and the Audio Entropy crew. You'll be getting to hang out with other Audio Entropy listeners. It's just a blast. Now, again, one last time. That is twitch.tv slash videoentropy, October the 21st, 2017. And that's a Saturday at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time, or midnight on the 22nd GMT, if that makes it easier for you. And we hope to see you there. Again, after it started, feel free to join in anytime. These things are going to run long, and it's going to be a blast. Hope to see you there.